0: It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country is always on Wednesday with Dan Berger. Our guest today is Hugh Chappelle, the winemaker at Quivera Vineyards. And it's brought to you by Bottle Barn. And also from Bottle Barn, Barry Herbst is back with us since I don't even know when. It's been (laughs) a long time. I've been bad. Hugh Welcome back. Good to see you. It's
1: great to be here. Thank you.
0: It was founded in 1981 by Holly and Henry Wendt. Correct. Uh, They were drawn to Dry Creek Valley's unspoiled rural character and rich history of wine grape growing. Talk more about the founding of uh, Key Vera. I'm sure.
1: 1981 was the year we were founded, so we're just over, actually, just over 40 years old. Uh, You know, our first wines came out uh, actually in 83, so this is really the 40th anniversary of our first wines on the market. We've been family owned the whole time. In 2006, Holly and Harry connected with our current proprietors. Pete and Terry Kite. And, uh, you know, they, they were re- really the ones were ready to retire. They, they had a nice run. Uh, you know, they've expanded the property, uh, you know, to three ranches, uh, both our home ranch uh, along West Dry Creek Road, right next door to Raffinelli. Uh, that's where the bulk of our acreage is. We have our Anderson Ranch on Litton Spring Road, and then a small patch of 120 tier 22-year-old vines, um, actually located within the Litton Spring Holdings of, of Ridge. It's a little two-acre patch in the in the southwest, uh, actually southeast corner, and um, that transition um, to the new owners occurred, you know, uh, you know, 2000, 2006, and um, you know it's going great. They've acquired, a, you know, they own four wineries around the world: one in Australia, one in New Zealand, Kivira Vineyards, and La Follette Wines. Wow.
0: And hmm. since 1998, Quivera has been actively involved in restoring Wine Creek. That's uh, the correct. The coho, salmon, and steelhead trout spawning stream that winds through the center of the estate. And then you've got the uh, iconic 140-year-old fig tree, which has been preserved as a landmark. And we've talked hmm. about this one. Before.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's kind of in the middle of our oldest Blanc plantings. And the... You know, um, the the story goes. Holly was uh, seeing bull, bulldozers approach that old fig tree when that block was planted back in the '80s, and really and, and actually race down and and stop the bulldozer from taking it out. And it's become uh, actually a landmark of the vineyard. We actually named our flagship Sauvignon Blanc after that that old ancient fig tree. Um, many people find even there's a little hint of fig in the wine, but. Um, uh, it's a spectacular area. B- both that side of Wine Creek and the, the, the side that the winery is on are just spectacular for Sauvignon Blanc. Can you still get figs from that fig tree? We do. Actually, we make preserves, uh-huh. straight fig preserves and blended preserves you can get at our, at our tasting room.
0: A 140-year-old fig tree. Wow. Uh, before we get into uh, Hugh's uh, history and how he became a winemaker, Dan? Thoughts on Kivera?
2: This is a wonderful property to visit. It's spectacular because it's on hillside uh, property. It uh, has uh, real gorgeous views. Uh, some of the it's a big property. I, I don't know how many acres you got there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, there's a little over total uh, approximately eighty two to eighty four acres under vine. But it's several hundred acres, the total. Yeah, property. it's a big,
2: big property, and you can walk the property. From well, I mean, I don't know whether they let you anymore, but <laughs> it's a big property, and I walked it. There was one. There was an event held there. It's got to be twenty years ago now, and we walked for <laughs> miles. miles. Of miles. It <laughs> seemed like it's gorgeous property, and the, the nice thing is that the vineyards were planted with the proper angles to capture sun for the certain varieties and to be away from the sun for other varieties. So it's really a very unusual property, and, and uh, Hugh is really blessed to have this fruit. This is a spectacular property.
0: Hugh, give us more on your history. How did you begin and how did you how, enter how, the uh, wine industry how, how and become I a winemaker? Yeah.
1: Um, wow. Um, I actually uh, answered a Help Wanted ad at UC Santa Cruz on a 3x5 card, if you remember those days. yeah. When there was no Old LinkedIn, school. there was yeah. no Internet. A corkboard uh, at the laundromat. Yeah, it was, it was basically Help Wanted. And uh, it was a very small historic winery in the Santa Cruz Mountains called Nicasio Vineyards. It had been a bonded winery since the mid-50s, and it kind of petered out in the late 80s. Um, but I just, uh, the, you know, the, the fellow there made a couple hundred cases a year, and I just went out there, did whatever he wanted, made a little extra money, and got exposed to just amazing wines. You know, he he had a lot of high-roller friends that would bring out, you know, aged Bordeaux, Sauternes, White Burgundies, and I'm, you know, basically 21 and getting exposed to that at such a young age was was pretty pretty impactful, as you might imagine.
0: And did you go to UC Davis or Fresno or? Anything? Um,
1: I I ultimately did. Uh, at the time, I was a chemistry uh, major, and uh, actually followed a girl down to San Diego, as guys do at that age. And uh, I that, followed a few to San Diego. Before um, great, hopefully not yeah, the same yeah. one. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um, and um, that of course, you know, that ran its course and uh you know the next you know then it's you know what am I going to do the rest of my life and the the wine bug had had you know I'd caught the wine bug back then working at that winery and I became aware of it could be a career you know and you could go study it and get you know advanced training and I decided to go uh, pursue that advanced training at UC Davis in terms of their graduate program and uh started that in 1989 and just you know just one foot after the other and you know you work your way up so
0: where did you work before Kivera
1: uh, before Kivera I had a nice run at Linmar Estate um, yeah. from you know 2004 through 2000, 2009 vintage uh, I was head winemaker there I was a head winemaker at Flowers 2000 through 2003 so four vintages at Flowers and before that, uh, about eight years in the Sierra Foothills. Actually,
0: I love this uh, fact of restoring Wine Creek, the Coho salmon and steelhead trout's right. a spawning stream that winds through the center of the
1: state. How's that all going now? That's going great. I mean, we 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 have Fish and Game and Trouts Unlimited and other agencies on the property. Um, several times a month. You know, they're, they're out there doing measurements of the fish. And the way that all played out is uh, back in the, I believe, in the 90s, um, and actually through the, actually it, it took a while. It took many, many years. They re-engineered part of Wine Creek, which feeds into Dry Creek, which feeds into the Russian River, mm-hmm. and yeah. they re-engineered part of Wine Creek so it would allow um, it would it would just be, be a better habitat to allow the, the the Coho and the Steelhead to spawn, and would allow water to be retained in the creek a bit longer. So it provided a slightly better environment for those fish to um, to really repopulate. The whole goal was repopulation. To historic levels of these creeks that feed into the Russian River, and uh, the Wentz were avid outdoors. You know they were. You know, Harry, um, you know, Harry was an avid outdoors person, as is our proprietor Pete Kite. That was really their bond, and um, you know, Pete has also uh, retained that commitment, and we, you know, we continue our collaboration with. You know, the the agencies that support all of that.
0: It is California Wine Country with Dan Berger. Uh, and Barry Herbst is here, the wine buyer at Bottle Barn. And this segment is uh, brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest, Hugh Chappelle, the winemaker at Kivera Vineyards. And you guys have, uh, and I'm looking at this, your website, and it's, uh, the garden is right. unbelievable.
1: Yeah, we Talk have a, a little bit pr- about pretty that. amazing. It's, a, it's 110 raised beds. Um, we grow, uh, you know, virtually anything that grows in Dry Creek Valley, we, we, we grow it. You know, we have fruits, vegetables, uh, cut flowers for the tasting room and events, um, culinary and medicinal herbs, uh, fruit trees, olive trees. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. We, we kind of use it as an educational resource as well to help um, people understand uh, the value of organic farming. You know, we've been nice. yeah. committed to organic farming since, you know, for, for several decades now. We started down that path in the late 90s, started the certification in 2000, and actually we're even biodynamic certified for about 10 years. Uh, we That's learned, not easy to do yeah, either. We, That's a big project. It, it, it was a big deal. <laughs> and we learned a lot during that time. I think we're better farmers now, but... Um, you know, some of the biodynamic practices we really felt weren't uh, necessary or quite quite honestly didn't work that great for us. But we learned a lot, and, and now um, all of our vineyards, in fact, the entire estate is CCOF-certified organic. Um, and, uh, yeah, we the bounty of the garden goes into products you can uh, get in the tasting room. We use it for farm-to-table dinners, uh, sometimes even collaborate with local restaurants on farming, like custom growing for them. Beautiful. So it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing resource.
0: Let's talk mm-hmm. about this uh, rosé. And I'm telling you, we pretty much every week have a different rosé come in because everyone's making them. Yeah, everyone, this may be yeah. my favorite right now. It is so dry, Dan.
2: It's sp- it really spectacular. Yeah, uh, but <coughs>
1: with it's, with a great rose. It's brand new, right? Well, it's brand new. Yeah, it was bottled about a month well, ago. It was, know, pro- yeah, it was bottled. Yeah, February ninth. It was bottled, twenty twenty two. Um, it's um, all estate. So it's single vineyard estate bottled, certified organic. Um, it's a blend of Grenache, uh, Cunoise, Mervedra, Petit Syrah, and Primitivo. Wow. Um, and I would say it's inspired by the great Provençal Rosés, but mm-hmm. we're not trying to copy their formula. God, uh, You I like know, that. we're not in Provence, yeah. we're in Dry Creek Valley. And, Barry, um, you'll have this at yeah.
3: Bottle Barn soon. Yeah, hopefully in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's always a good seller; one of the best.
2: This is really spectacular. Uh, part of the success of this wine is the fact that Hugh didn't, uh, mess around with uh, any tactical ideas like, for example, leaving any residual sugar. This stuff is completely dry, and what's good about it is it's still got the weight in the mid-palate, but it finishes so crisp on the aftertaste, it, the first thing you think of is that it's really Provence style, but with almost Rhone flavor profile. And then on top of that, you've got this wonderful aromatic, which almost reminds you of champagne, you know, champagne stock as a not, not without the bubbles, and it's just completely phenomenal stuff. And um, I mean, you can't find a wine like this for less than about well, Whispering Angel is getting fifty-five bucks for theirs. This is comparable mm-hmm. to that in quality, and it's not
3: anywhere near that in price. Right. Yeah, and a good dose of uh, Grenache in there, 59%, which I think a lot of those Provencal rosés have, along with Moved usually. You did good,
1: good, Hugh. Good job. Thank you. We work really hard on the rosé, and one of the the great things for us is, um, because we're picking it early, we're often bringing in the grapes for the rosé when the winery is still fairly empty and harvest hasn't really started in, in full gear, so... We can actually lavish all this attention and care on the rose, get the fermentations under control tucked away, and then we typically will get slammed with Sauvignon Blanc Sinfandel and other things so um, but um, it is it is a true labor labor of love you know we we try to keep the price reasonable on it and um, um, and you know, you work really hard on a wine that's very reasonably priced. You 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 know, it actually feels good when you can do that and keep the price reasonable. Can What's I, the
0: next thing that we're tasting?
3: Alder Grove
1: uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, the Sauvignon
3: Blanc is mm-hmm. yeah. There's mm-hmm. a yeah, and hello, um, the host is over here.
1: Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, sorry. Yeah. he's indicating his glasses. We, we just saw <laughs> you. We're the, trying uh, to steal uh, the wine from him. I didn't get Thank the you. hint there. This is a uh, Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend, seventy-five twenty-five, um, and really a, an alter ego to our well-known Fig Tree Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc. So what year is this? This is twenty twenty. Okay. Um, and typical. Well, we're on the twenty twenty-one Fig Tree Sauvignon Blanc, which is all estate. Uh, the Alder Grove. Um, is typically a year behind that we kind of in certain respects parallel you know the the white bordeaux release schedules and production um you know calendar so typically um the the alder grove uh, gets a little more um, um barrel age and tank age it gets a little more bottle age so usually if we're on the 2021 fig tree we'd be on the 2020 alder grove Dan, tell me why I like this. It's this, tad, is, this is a
2: almost, tad sweet
0: for me, but, but not
2: uh, much. There's no sugar here at all. But what, what I like about it most is the fact that it emulates uh, a Pouille Fumée from uh, France, from the eastern Loire Valley. And the nice part about that is that in this case, with the wine being aged the way it was in the cellar, you might expect that there'd be some oak here, but there's no oak noticeable. That what you do get is this richness in the mid-palate, and that's what you're picking up, mm-hmm. that richness. yeah. To, to me, this is a wine that, you, if you're into aging white wine, you buy some of this and put it away for five or six or eight years. That would be mm-hmm. you, Dan. That would
0: yeah. be or me. Or <laughs> you're, if you're Dan Lay It Down Burger, you put it down for 20 years, but it yeah.
3: <laughs> keeps going. A lot of people making this sort of white groves, fumet style. Get that fatness in the middle, but then it continues all the way to the end and gets a little clumsy. This picks up with a nice blast, and lift at the end of acidity that keeps the wine really fresh. Which I is, agree. You don't see that very often. The finish, I think the finish the and semi-on. the acidity mm, makes me very
0: hungry.
2: The Sémillon character <laughs> in this wine is so subtle, but it's there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah and the acidity of Sauvignon Blanc in our area is pretty amazing. Um, the the Sémillon does exactly what you said, Barry. It kind of plumps... The wine up, but but the Sauv Blanc is so, is so high in acidity. There's still that cleansing, you know, crispness in the finish, and um, it's a very completely different wine than our Fig Tree Sauv Blanc, which is so aromatic driven and racy acidity. This has that, you know, th- those layers and that that texture that really come from the Semillon. Uh, this was about 80 percent barrel, 20 percent stainless steel, and it actually has 20 percent new oak on it. But long, air-dried, very low toast, so it, it really is well-integrated. Well Barry, this is
2: the
0: 2020. Is it at Bottle right. Barn now?
1: Yeah, I think
3: we do have that
1: vintage now.
2: I think it just rolled recently. And mm-hmm. and, and anybody who sees 2020 and thinks, well, gee, the wine's a little on the past, this isn't even beginning to hit its stride. I mean, this stuff is yeah. a yeah. baby.
3: It's just starting to open it's up.
2: absolutely brilliant stuff.
3: Yeah. I like it a
0: lot. It is California Wine Country with Dan Berger, Barry Herbst, the wine buyer at Bottle Barn, is with us. It's brought to you by Bottle Barn every Wednesday. Our guest today, Hugh Chappelle, the winemaker at Quivera, and they also own La Follette. And I love La Follette, too, and they've been in, I guess, I forget who, you just...
2: Greg Greg, La
0: Follette. Greg Greg. La Follette has been in, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. before we talk about this next wine, which I'm also adoring, boy, you guys do good work. Thank you. Uh, they have classic tastings at 35 bucks a person. Uh, it's complimentary if you're a club member, and it's uh, KiveraWine.com. And again, it's Q U I V I R A, pronounced Kivera. Uh, it's uh, complimentary for club members. And uh, you can taste organically farmed wines and look at the beautiful vistas there. And the classic flight includes five wines, and is, there is food available.
1: Right? There is. You can pre order charcuterie boards, and we're planning to expand the food offerings as well with more estate products that we make on site.
0: Beautiful. And the La Follette tasting is a separate uh, thing. Talk about that.
1: Um, well, La Follette is uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir exclusively. So if you come to visit us to taste uh, the wines of our sister company, um, we have a, you know, the flights change monthly. But uh, it would include both current release Chardonnay and Pinot Noir as well as library wines that we like to, to show people how how well many of our vineyards can age. So it's a mix of current releases and library wines.
0: It's a beautiful place too. Uh, it's 4900 West Dry Creek Road in Healdsburg.
1: It's a gorgeous spot, just tucked up against the western foothills.
0: So if you're going to Healdsburg, I mean, tell everyone how to get there.
1: Well, basically, you just uh, drive on 101 North. You get to Healdsburg. There's a bunch of exits. You really want to take the last exit, which is Dry Creek Road. Exactly. Make a left. Follow the signs. Um, You have to cross uh, Lambert Bridge Road. So right on the corner there is Dry Creek Vineyards. Uh, one of the most historic properties in Dry Creek Valley. And, uh, you know, you uh, drive past uh, Dry Creek Vineyard and Pasolacqua, cross the bridge, make a right. You'll see Raffinelli right there, great wines. Uh, we are right next door to Raffinelli.
0: All right, talk about this next taste that you poured, because this is spectacular, too. And then we're going to have Dan. In fact, let's start. Let's, it's Grenache. It is, it
1: is Grenache. Uh, Dan, 100, talk 100,
0: about Grenache. One hundred percent. Explain to everyone who's not familiar with it what it is. Well, and it, first I'll tell of all, well, it's
2: a very—it's a strange grape variety in a certain way because it—it's one of the most uh, aggressive vines you can uh, possibly see in the springtime, when all the uh, vines are out pushing up their uh, arms to the sky. The biggest and most aggressive is Grenache. It, it really wants to push, 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 and it, then it produces this. It, if you leave all the grapevines alone, this stuff will produce more fruit than you can possibly imagine. And if you allow it to to occur that way, you'll never make anything but rosé. You'll never make a, a red wine because it wants to be a small production uh, varietal. So you basically take this very aggressive fruit, which is wants to produce massive tons, and you have to cut it way, way back. And then you so you're basically throwing away a lot of fruit. But in order to make this wine, you have to basically be brutal to cut it back and when you finally get the red grapes into the winery it's still b- difficult to get color out of it it wants to be rosé so you basically take a look at the color on this stuff it's really a light red yeah but the mm-hmm. flavors go on and on and on it's cranberry and pomegranate and lavender and uh, uh, it's got everything going
3: it's it. lovely it's killer yeah. berry herbst Done. Yeah, so I think it suffers uh, identity crisis like Syrah does. People, the consumer doesn't know, are they going to get the uh, peppery, garnacha-style garnache, like from Spain? Or are they going to get the fat, kind of rich, cassis-like uh, fruit of a really ripe Chatneuf de pop style? And everything in between. So right. Syrah has the same issues. Are you going to get a really lean? Is it going to be medium-bodied? So, um I think you're right in the sweet spot. You know, you're not getting that really lean, peppery situation, and you're not over the top. Uh, You're just getting the pure fruit, and I think that's, you know, what people are going to gravitate to over time. Um, This is the
2: most amazing wine because you taste it now. You want to drink the whole bottle all by yourself. mm -hmm. But if you were to be a little bit patient, wait for another 24 hours, this stuff will plump up, and it becomes a little bit darker and, and richer the second day.
0: Or maybe in uh, the... Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. need to hit you there? In no, the I think I'm having a heart attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in the, the decanter air? for maybe two hours? For tonight? sure, absolutely, yeah. because
2: okay. it, it really does respond to air. And the nice part about this wine, this particular wine, has all this wonderful acidity, so you don't have to worry about it falling apart. Even mm. though the color is light, the color is... What's charming about it? Then you taste the wine, you say, "Well, wait a minute. Where's Where's the rest of the flavor?" Here it's you just must like hour, this. An hour later, mm-hmm. I am enjoying this. And, and as you said, <laughs> yeah. the fruit in particular is coming across really yeah. nicely, but not mm-hmm. overwhelmingly. Yeah, the pomegranates mm-hmm. and the cherries and the you know mm-hmm. cranberries. aromatics are
0: great. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: uh,
2: yeah the, the acidity. A minute on the palate
1: mm-hmm.
0: after taking a sip. Oh yeah, yeah. Just there's there's, yeah. A, ton of, there's
1: a ton of fruit. It's. Um, it's a wine we actually make it a lot like a Pinot Noir. Um, and the, the techniques I learned working at Flowers and Linmar, I have found works, works spectacularly well with, with Grenache. And uh, as Dan pointed out, it's a hard variety to capture color and kind of stabilize the color. So, you know, we, we, uh, we, we cold soak it for almost a week. Um, Good gracious. You know, we use a little bit of whole cluster <laughs> for lot. aromatics. And then we're super gentle. Grenache in our area can have very aggressive tannins. One of our biggest concerns is actually managing the tannins. Um, and part of that goes back to the vineyard. As Dan mentioned, it has a very unique growth pattern. It The clusters are huge. So we we... We the two varieties we spend the most time tweaking in the vineyard are uh, Zinfandel and Grenache, and for different kind of different reasons. Um, interestingly, we use the last our last thinning pass on Grenache for red wine. We find is beautiful for rosé, so mm. that instead of dropping that material on the ground, and and it, we actually use. That last thinning pass and, and turn rose. it into rosé, and it's, yeah. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the Grenache and Zinfandel require a lot of work to sort of get them ready to make great red wine. And uh, um, you know, it's but but Dry Creek is, I think, really still very very under the radar for Southern Rhone Reds. Um, you know, a lot of people have been very focused on Syrah, and there's some great Syrahs in Dry Creek Valley. But I think Grenache and Mervedra are really special in our area. I, I think they really really could, could break out in a big way.
0: Dan Berger, thank you as always. Barry Herbst, wine buyer at Bottle Barn, great to see you. you. Hugh Chappelle, the winemaker at Quivera. Uh, and go to QuiveraWine.com. Quivera is spelled Q-U-I-V-I-R-A. Gentlemen, thank you so much.